Hey everyone, welcome to Creepy Inquiries, a podcast dedicated to all things creepy, spoopy, and true crimey, with your hosts, Miss, Kevin, and Big Library, your friendly neighborhood queers. Let's do it. Welcome to episode 96. That's right. We yeah. are sh- headed straight into episode 96. I, I We actually have a couple good 96ers today. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Who we and got for I 96? Couple, I mean two that I can <laughs> right off the bat. Listen, Pickens is slim. Yeah, I mean at 96. <laughs> yeah. Both humans let's just live, keep on getting smaller. Humans shouldn't live this long. We're not no. meant for it. Yeah. <laughs> but to start off the pack, you know him, you love him, is Mr. Feeney. We have oh. William Daniels, actor oh, William yeah. Daniels. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. Yep. He died earlier this year, just a few months ago, so I'm going to count him. R.I.P. the legend of the American Songbook. Mr. Tony Bennett was 96 years old. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. That's a good one. All right. We have to be allowed. I am feeling confident that those are good enough for us right now because... I don't know who else might be 96. Also, yeah. Edie is the knower of all things birthday and celebrity. That's true. True. That's and true. And they are not here to supplement us. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. I'm doing my best here, folks. That's I'm right. I'm doing my best, Tom. <laughs> Miss, let's just dive right into it. How yeah. was your week? You look great. My week was... <gasps> Thank you. You look great. Not as good as me. I... <laughs> showered which is probably why i look so great just for you booze just for you guys my week was good i it started off wild and weird but it ended up good so i can't complain i went out friday night for some drinks with some friends we were going to go to there is this new in this tiny little town that i live in there is a new goth bar that opened Amazing. Yeah. Me and my coworker, we were so excited about it. And we went like after work and it was, it was a smaller bar and we opened the door and it was like a wave of like heat that came at us. (gasps) And Kevin knows I can't abide by warmth. Like I just can't abide it. And and it was like really crowded because it was, it was Friday the 13th and it was the day that it opened. So like we should have probably thought that through. (laughs) So we're going to try again another time, but instead we just went to a different bar. We got some apps and we got some drinks. Wonderful. It was just a very nice evening and what I needed to end my week. But, um, and then this weekend has been very nice, very relaxing, Mm -hmm. I've been doing a lot of stitching. I've got some projects I'm working on. I watched a lot of like scare. Oh, okay. Can I just (laughs) Friday the 13th? All right. I watched Friday the 13th for the first time on Friday the 13th. Hot take. Not scary. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) Like there was one scary part and spoiler alert for this 43 year old movie the Mm -hmm. only scary scene is the last scene where like Mm -hmm. he comes out of the lake and Mm -hmm. like rings around that's it so then i rewatched nightmare on elm street and i was like this is an actual scary movie with like actual villains and like scary scenes oh yeah yeah i never liked jason no. I always preferred like the Freddies or Freddy. the, the ghost faces. And like sure. that's scary. Freddy is like s- scary. The idea of like he can get you in your dreams. That's yeah. Scary. Anyway, oh, yeah. so that's my diatribe on classic Halloween movies. Are always you just desensitized be. to it from the society that we were raised in? 
I mean, it could be. It was also 1980, and it's like a slasher film, but you don't ever see Jason. So, like, it's just like the camera kind of stabbing someone. Ah. So it's, it's not scary at all. Maybe it was scary at the time, and I could be completely desensitized. And I know a lot of people love it, so I'm not trying to alienate everybody. Don't come at me. But I hate your favorite movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't hate it. I just, it's just not for me. Otherwise, I was just doing, I was probably a really gay weekend because I was watching horror movies and cross-stitching a lot. So that is gay AF. (laughs) For sure. And that sounds wonderful. It was. It was very nice. Well, what about you? What did you do? Ooh. Well, I've been painting more. I've been working on a new painting from Lucille II, the great Liza Minnelli from Arrested Development. It's a scene when she's in the hospital with a touch of the dizzies. (laughs) In a hospital gown, but she has like the the diamond brooch. and She still has a brooch on her gown. That's right. Full Mm -hmm. jewelry. Oh, she's a legend. (laughs) So I'm inspired by that. And I'm painting it right now. She's like, if Ina Garten was even more of a millionaire and and had uh, vertigo, that's who she (laughs) reminds me of. (laughs) Ina Garten with vertigo. With Vertigo, which yeah. I'd watch that. Ooh, please welcome to the stage, Ina Vertigo. Ina Vertigo? Okay, I'll take right. it. Why not? There's a I horror mean, movie tie-in. Ina Garten is famous with the gays of Hamptons, of the Hamptons. And think of how easy the wardrobe would be. It's just smocks. Listen, yep. I kid you yep. not. I don't have Netflix anymore, so I can't watch my Great British Baking Show, which is like my <gasps> favorite thing. So I've been watching a lot of Ina Garten because that's on Max now. And uh-huh. I'm just like, I want to be Ina for Halloween. All I need is a bob, a brown bob. And how easy is that? And now how yeah. easy is that? Yeah. It go. would be amazing. Oh. It would be spectacular. And the there's shirt. still time. Yeah. Oh, no. I just need, I just need a, a brunette wig with bangs. Anyway. Big Library, what did you do this weekend that you and I didn't do together? Um, <laughs> what, yeah. Uh, I didn't mean it that way, folks. Get your... <gasps> I have my own wow. Wow. cutter. <laughs> wow. Um, I thought, um, should I leave? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so, October being LGBTQ History Month, yes, me being the... LGBTQ history guy. Mm-hmm. I've been super busy. Busy good? Good busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I'll do, like, presentations. There was, like, I had to go down to Southern Maryland yesterday to do a little, like, talk about, like, queer history and the library. And it was lovely. It was a lot I, lot of driving. <laughs> a lot, yeah. lot of driving. Yeah. yeah. From Baltimore, that's that's a not a short distance. Yeah. But it was super fun. And I have next week I am traveling again for a different program. And the week after that I'm doing the same. Um, oh, that's so great, it, it's, but it's exhausting. great, but also <laughs> a lot. So you're uh, on tour. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm on tour. Yeah. Y'all, Big Library's on tour. Yeah, I got to get a little, like, tour shirt. Just That's right. Just has three little things on 20, there. But, you know. 2023 with your dates and cities on the back. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. That's been the main thing. Yeah. We went out to a drag show last night. That was really fun. Yep. That was fun. Oh, nice. Yep. And, uh, Excellent. yeah. Oh, and last night, as in Saturday night, folks. Oh, yes. Just yes, so that's right. Remember. Because that's correct. Yep. Not a Tuesday night drag show, I guess. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, y'all, huh. I am the audience this weekend. Ooh. This week, excuse me, this Wednesday. Who wants to entertain me? Okay. I elect you, Big Library. That's right, big library. Yes, indeed. Okay. Why, yes, I do have a story for you. Now, answer us this. Okay. Is the story taking us to the fun zone, or are they taking us the other way to Bummersville? Um, There's always the Middleville, Kansas. 
there's, there's more, Middleville, it's, Kansas. It's, 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 I think it's probably on the fun side of Middleville, Kansas. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. You know, That's All fair. Right. You All know, right. So maybe it's like a little bummy. Middleville, <laughs> East Middleville, Missouri. There we go. East Middleville, Missouri. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> so much like my last story, this is a Maryland story. Okay, and yay. just like the last one, it is based in some of the stuff I've done work on. Okay. And in this one, um, we're going to go back to the 40s. Okay. To a world famous Baltimore locale, The Block. Okay. Oh. Now, would one of you, for those of our listeners who don't know anything about Baltimore, describe yeah. what The Block is? Uh, As it is today? Yeah. Oh, are we talking Baltimore Street? Yeah. The block is? Oh, okay. Well, today the block is East Baltimore Street, downtown. And it is, um, well, on the corner, there's the big police station. Yep. And then there is all of the adult entertainment spots that line. Yes. The yes. And believe it or not, it has, in fact, been that way for over a century. Has it? Yeah. It's all, so it is, it actually used to be a lot bigger before they put in um, the highway, but it has okay. always been the sort of adult entertainment sort of strip within Baltimore. And it's sort of like a stand in for like everything that's like seedy in Baltimore. Yeah, right. But also because of its reputation, the block has always been really heavily policed because like, yeah. You know, they, they have concerns about prostitution. Cops are obsessed with us. Yep. Literally, <laughs> yep. the headquarters for the Baltimore City Police is on the corner of East Baltimore Street. It like, truly um, is wild. Put it intentionally yeah. there, yeah. 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 I didn't even make that connection, but that makes perfect sense, yeah. Yeah, and so that that's always been a really serious thing for the city. There's also lots of things about like cops taking bribes to look the other way and, you mm -hmm. know, stuff like that. But sure. it wasn't the only place to find adult entertainment because there were a few bars that were basically a few blocks away on the outskirts of the block where you could find the same sort of thing without much surveillance or the risk that having cops in and out all the time brought. So one of those bars was Cicero's. This is the story of that bar. I have heard of Cicero's. Get out of town. Yeah, I've heard yeah. of Cicero's. Yeah. So it looks like two brothers, Salvatore Cicero and his brother, Vincent Cicero, so Sal and Vinny, took over a property that their dad had run as a grocery in the early 1940s. And quickly turned it into a nightclub and burlesque house. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah. I love that. I'd go there. From its inception, there were lots of problems. Uh, the liquor board frequently complained about uh, all the frequent violence and the immoral what? crowd. Get what? out of here. Plus, you know, illegal gambling, soliciting, <laughs> underage drinking, and a lot more. But yeah, so it was like a fairly rough place. But yeah. people always really liked the Cicero's because in That's 1952, fair. they brought in one of the Cicero's for uh, refusing to help cops deal with a stabbing that happened there. Yep. Obstructing an investigation. Yep. And the, the victim of the stabbing said, no, Mr. Cicero tried to help me. He offered me 10 cents and asked me to phone an ambulance. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kid. He has a dime. Go save a life. Here's a dime. Go call an ambulance. Don't bleed all over my bar. <laughs> that sounds so Italian. But they, they, they like sort of embrace the reputation. Sure. Um, yeah. Their uh, strip shows would be the scandalous scan dolls of 1953. Ah, okay. God, that's yep. amazing. Scan yep. dolls. I, that, I mean, honestly, RuPaul is missing out if he. Yeah, if, that's that's if, almost like year, RuPaul level. Scandal, yeah. Scandal, the musical, like based off oh, of uh, oh, Scandal. Yes. Terry Washington come perfect. to guest host. That would be great. Honestly, it'd be great. <laughs> there are like nightlife guides of, uh, from that time, which. Straight up just, like, 
wink and nod at the fact that like you could get some special services if you paid some of the employees a little extra. Wait, this <gasps> is in the paper? This was in like this like swing in nightlife guide. Oh, um, what? oh. yeah. Well, I, I guess though there wasn't like a, a better way to communicate that back then. Sure, I know. Sure, and it pays I mean, that out. Or it it's either that or word of mouth. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it was word of mouth, baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> the a little like aside about this, the the shows they did were emceed by a gay man named Jackie Holmes, who they frequently refer to in these guides as colorful, a colorful MC. Uh, gay. <laughs> gay. And they were roommates. Yeah. <laughs> he and his roommate. So they're starting to get a little more legal uh, attention. In 1957, Cicero's winds up in a report from the FBI. They were looking into possible mafia-controlled bars. They described Cicero's as a notorious hangout for lesbians. <gasps> oh, really? Lesbians yeah. had a hangout? Yeah. Wow. The notorious hangout. Oh, my God. It sounds fun. Uh, they had the very colorful MC. Mm -hmm. By the late 1950s, the FBI was writing uh, in a report of suspected mafia-controlled bars in the city <gasps> that Cicero's was a notorious hangout for lesbians and prostitutes. I mean, it is often, I mean, we owe a lot of gay bars, honestly, in multiple cities to the mafia. To Coach it out. It's, it's complicated, that it's one. It's very gross, and it's very complicated. Yeah. I'm just saying they were There's there. There's that connection. <laughs> there is a connection. Yeah. And it's part of our history <laughs> that we have to own. <laughs> Throughout the 50s and 60s, yeah. the Ciceros were in and out of the city liquor board hearings sure. and um, they would find their license suspended for a month or two every now and then, but mm -hmm. they didn't really see more serious consequences. And I was like trying to figure out why. Probably a lot of it is probably hard to prove. Well, also their personal defense lawyer was a guy named George yeah. Della, who uh -huh. was at the time the president of the Maryland state Senate. That's not going to hurt. That's not going to hurt. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of influence and yeah. a lot of power. I don't know if it was mafia, but they were way politically connected in really sketchy ways. Honestly, it might Some be better than the mafia if he's got yeah. the president of the Senate up there. That's crazy. Wow. Well, the liquor board in 1966 decides to declare war on Perverts and female impersonators is their, their wording for it. Here's. So they started bringing in the owners of different bars. Naturally, one of them was Cicero's. Mm -hmm. And the hearing was insane. Actually, I will say the hearing was pretty wild. Okay. It opened with a member of the liquor board announcing that compared to Cicero's, the block looks like a Sunday school. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, I don't think that's true. There should have been a bar called Sunday School, too. I know, right? Kevin, what was the bar names. you always wanted to open, remember? The library. The library. Ironically. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. When we were in high school, Kevin wanted to open a bar called The Library. Because it'd be so funny. Because you could yeah. tell your parents you were going to the library. That's smart. Hey, that's smart. Well, just go to the library. That's right. Could you tell I was sheltered as a child? <laughs> the rest of us were just like, um, no, we're just going to drink anyway. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I needed subterfuge. Yeah. Kevin was like, no, but this way it's legal. <laughs> well, <laughs> the board hearing, they uh, wanted to know why there had been nine criminal cases involving the bar in the past six months, well, um, including uh, a stabbing, a bunch of drug charges, and one case. A bar. Yeah, exactly. People uh, are drinking. <laughs> and... In one case, they note that there was a shootout between a woman and a police officer there. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't I where live. <laughs> I know. Because the police officer had entered the women's room to investigate reports of a woman with a gun. Oh, I mean, I'm going to say, what year is this? 1966. Okay, it's 1966. She's in a shady bar. She's armed. She's just trying to pee. 
if a man walks into that bathroom, she's just going to shoot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, bang, bang into the room. (laughs) Bang, bang. Walk walk into the bathroom. Guns first. Akimbo, baby. Uh, uh, They brought in a bunch of police officers. One lieutenant said the patrons were mostly butches, dykes, and femmes. Oh. And the board had to clarify for the defense lawyer, who is a powerful state politician, that these are terms to describe the different types of lesbians. Oh, my God. I would have paid money to be the person to offer the explanation. And can I say, connection to my real life, that I Uh recently, this week during lunch, explained the different types of lesbians to people I eat lunch with at work. Because I used the word, because I used the word mask, and they didn't... Yeah. No, what it meant. They're, it. they're straight and they're like, what does that mean? And so I just, I was like, well, you know, just different, you know, lesbian is lesbian, but there are different stereotypes within that. And that's what mm-hmm. they are. So that's hilarious. Yep. <laughs> different types of lesbians. Yeah. Um, so um, another cop um, said the place was full of uh, homos and transients and lumby Indians. Oh, they, they, there were a lot of comments about the Lumbee Indians in this hearing. Our 50th episode was about. Yes, it was. Anyways, they called it the worst place in the city. And then finally, Sounds one great. police officer just angrily stated, them lesbians, they don't have no respect for anybody. <laughs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> uh, also cops when's the last time you showed a lesbian respect yeah them lesbians yep them lesbians they don't have no respect for anybody i want to go that's just straight out of a john waters movie i know Um, no wonder john waters is who he is from this era (laughs) yeah And, and he finished it up by saying Cicero cooperates. He just can, can't control the young ones now. The, so it was the young lesbians in particular. Listen, they get crazy. I They're not it. wrong. The yeah. young lesbians. They're wild, wild, wild children out there. Also, they continually, all of the police officers mentioned how the Cicero brothers were so cooperative, which is just the most <laughs> obvious, like, oh, they just paid, they paid their protection money, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh-huh. Like, Everyone was like, no, you shouldn't blame the Ciceros for this. <laughs> um, I mean, they did exactly what they were supposed to do. What is all these problems that just surround these fellas? Yeah. Can't tell Cicero without Cicero. There you go. You are well, who you hang with. The Cicero brothers uh, pleaded that they were they couldn't do anything more and they couldn't choose who uh, frequented their club. The problems had started when they stopped doing the strip shows. Of course. Hey, hey. Take away strip. Yep. They she replaced it with live music, and mm-hmm. all that rock music had brought in young, unruly types. They blamed <laughs> rock and roll. Yes. Uh, they blamed, what was amazing is they blamed a specific band that played there. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, which I'm like, well, why you, wouldn't I, I would you, feel insulted? I would feel insulted if, I, if, if you I, were the band. I yeah. was so insulted. I incited no one. I play the guitar. This is my art. <laughs> so, Vincent Cicero, though, uh, testified that he did his part whenever a woman in men, what you would describe as men's clothing, mm-hmm. tried to get a drink, he wouldn't serve them unless they took off their necktie, which was his like anti lesbian. You know, that was his red line. Yeah. Hey, man. I mean, no that was way. the law, though. Yeah. I mean, you had to wear three items of clothing that belonged to your gender or you were breaking the law. Ultimately, the liquor board, after all this, they had had it. So they Aww. suspended They suspended the liquor license for a month. That's all they did. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're just going to go on vacation? You gave them a demerit. Well, a demerit. Eventually, like the, a few years later, they do actually permanently revoke the liquor license. There was a, another undercover sting that came up with a bunch of 
a testimony about uh, marijuana, mm. buying and selling other drugs, uh, and that this was peak reefer madness. The detectives had watched women dancing with women and men dancing with men. <gasps> I know. Oh my god, the horror! They just had to watch it, couldn't they? Didn't they? They, they couldn't had take their eyes yeah. off of them. <laughs> Well, and then testified he testified that he had seen homosexuals arranging or trying to arrange dates. It is hard out there. It's hard out there for homosexuals. I, I just like that he's like, I saw some gay be turned down. And they have to hit us while we're down, even yeah. if we strike out. He was turned down and you we reported it. Out. Yeah. You go to jail. Like, again, I would feel a little insulted. Can you imagine? You're like, oh, if I were man. the guy. Like, I'm sure I can think of better pickup lines, but does that, ma- like, I'm being brought to jail? Did it have to make the paper? So they did pull the, the liquor license. Cicero's mm-hmm. actually continued operating. They turned them yeah. into an after-hours music venue and club. There were still a lot of frequent like police raids or stings or whatever going on there. And it's really important to realize that like this is happening in the very end of the 1960s when Mm, there's a huge amount of change going on. Obviously this is what like the most notable happening. Yeah. Is like the Stonewall rebellion, but Mm -hmm. there's sort of this sense that people are getting more, willing to stand up more willing to mm-hmm. you know less sort of they're not they're taking less shit yeah and less yep. afraid to to yes. be public yeah everywhere that was happening even at cicero's of course mm-hmm. right around 3 a.m on march 28th 1971 a squad of 13 baltimore police officers entered mm-hmm. cicero's and announced a raid there had been um, again uh, more than a few raids there in the late 1960s this time was a little different according to police almost immediately on entering the patrons started fighting back although they wanted to arrest everyone in the bar which was 200 people they estimated after making 102 arrests under a hail of bottles glasses and ashtrays (laughs) I'm almost kind of proud of them for getting 102 of them. I know. <laughs> no, we're Wrigley. So they they, yeah, they said they were. They said that they were <laughs> forced to retreat. Yes. Very Wrigley. <laughs> the police captain leading the raid testified or gave a quote to the papers. We had to fight our way in and fight our way out. Uh, <laughs> That's damn right. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, sorry, it's not my job to help you. Welcome to a gay bar, mama. Yeah, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Um So, ultimately, searching the arrestees did produce several guns, several bags of heroin, amphetamines, and a few other drugs. <sighs> yeah. The papers, of course, noted um, the presence of lesbians and what they called female impersonators among the crowd of arrests. I love that lesbians are so much more offensive than oh like, yeah they used to be so much more offensive and I'm just like very proud of that. That's right. <laughs> Most of the arrestees were fined for disorderly conduct and released. But as far as I can tell, the Cicero's riot was the last major gay bar raid to occur in Baltimore. Okay which again is following the same story that it happened in a lot of cities around this time. Right. Um, so Cicero's kept going for a few years. At some point they stopped operating after hours, but by the early 1970s, there were a lot of competing gay and lesbian bars opening up and yep. there was redevelopment going on in the area. And eventually they closed. If you actually go there now, mm-hmm. you will see nothing but an empty field. Uh, the Basically, the whole oh. neighborhood was raised. It was uh, Old Town Mall. Is... Oh, yep. I know exactly. Okay. Yep. yep. But that is the story of Cicero's, Baltimore's dirty, violent, and dangerous strip club turned lesbian bar. Yes. And of the mini riot that ended the era of bar raids in the city. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Big ah, libraries. That was you amazing. You won't hear that on Queers Folk. <laughs> nope. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> like the the British one or the American one, the old one? I don't know. Aaron Girl, I don't know. I don't know what I was saying. No, that's a fascinating story. No, and I'm it so is. glad that you're telling that. Yeah, I, I love knew. that story. I but knew it, that there was a riot at Cicero's. I knew that. I had I didn't realize it was it had anything to do with LGBTQ anything. Yep. I don't even think I knew more than the fact that there was a riot and the bar was called Cicero's, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the story. I, I, I really like it because it's um, really not super clean cut. It's not. Yeah, it's like, not. There was definitely a bunch of shady stuff going on there. It seemed sure. like it was not a great place for a lot of reasons. No, it seems like a dangerous place to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like. You could still be like, oh, right. You can have a group of people where some of them are not good people and still yeah. be like, oh, yeah, they should have rights. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think if we were alive at this time and this was our option, we all would have tried to go. If this was the only place we had heard mm-hmm. of, I would have done what I could to go. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I would have loved it just being in a lesbian bar. Fear me. It's all I want. Yeah. And then just just whipping ashtrays at cops, you know? Like frisbees. (laughs) We couldn't do shit like that this uh, now because you can't smoke in bars. No, you can't. Not that I'm saying that like I'm mad about that, but it's just an aspect of no longer being able to smoke in bars. That's basically what I'm saying. Yeah, you can't throw ashtrays at cops. You cannot riot back against (laughs) the cops with ashtrays. You still have bottles. Yeah, you have bottles, you have plates, you have cups. There's plenty of things you can throw at police. I don't know. Most of the time, yeah, you're okay. You're right. But sometimes a good, hefty ashtray. I would never. I would never. (laughs) I would never. And our FBI agents are also listening. But what I want to talk more about, too, is... Oh. Not to get, like... It sucks... But that was the last raid on mm-hmm. Baltimore gay bars. Can you briefly kind of give a synopsis on where Baltimore gay nightlife is today compared, you know? Not like, great, right? Yeah, no, it's not. Um, yeah. What I'll say is that there used to be a lot of smaller bars. Mm-hmm. And now we have effectively one pretty big one. It's not huge, but um, the you know, which is a franchise, ish, ish, and then a few very small ones, and it's sort of intermittent. It seems like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we had a place closed down that just opened up, and but the the truth is, and I guess this is the answer to your question: there are significantly fewer gay bars now in Baltimore than there were pretty much any time prior to now. Mm-hmm. No, when we were, when Kevin and I, when we were younger, 10 yep. years ago, it was a completely different scene. Oh, yeah. I mean, even before that, it was a completely different scene. You had multiple, ven- like, you you could do anything you wanted. Yeah. It was, it was different. Yeah. There was, there was, was a, a gay different. bar and then, like, a gay club that were catacornered to that, each other. Yep, they were catacornered. One now is a condo high-rise. And the one now has CBS. been turned into a CVS. CVS, which is Fucking the story of CBS. Baltimore. <laughs> CVS. Yeah, it's sad to have watched a lot of that. It like, is. Especially because one of those bars was open from like for decades, for yeah. like from like the 70s at yeah. least. Yes. Yeah. And it was really sad to see it fucking turned into a CVS. Mm-hmm. Nope. But yeah. And I, I, to the point now where last year I decided to go to a further away pharmacy to get my flu shot because that, yeah. or like the COVID shot, because like that was like closest to there. I was like, no, yeah. I'm not going to go to that one. Yeah. No, no, I wouldn't either. I don't, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't matter, obviously, no. to them, but like, I don't know. And then the, and it's not just Baltimore. I mean, there are literal, handfuls of lesbian bars left in the Mm -hmm. entire country they simply don't exist anymore and then obviously where i live i live in a small small smallish town small i mean i live in a 
small town. And we used to have a lesbian bar here, even in this town. Oh, yeah. Whoa. But it closed during COVID right before I fucking moved here. God damn. Oh, no. <laughs> Missed. Miss, you just brought up a great thing. Um, have you f- been following this group online? I, I I think it's two lesbians, but they're it's called the Lesbian Bar Project. Yes, I, I am. I do follow them. You yes, do? I do? Cool. Yep, I love it. Yeah, but they. Um, I believe that's what they're doing. They're just documenting all the. They lesbian are the bars remaining are lesbian bars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's sad that there's so few that that's able to be quantified like that. Like two people. And when I moved here, it was hard. It was weird not to have, because it's not like I go out a lot, but it is nice to just be in an environment. I don't think a lot of non-queer people really understand the importance of those kind of places and what they mean. I know. But. I know. And that fucking sucks. But that's a whole broader discussion of, about... Is. All of it's, and it is, it's a very fascinating discussion to be having too. So I'm really glad that you were presenting us this story today, Big Library, that we mm-hmm. are are bringing this up, this kind of topic. Cool. It's still topical. Yep. Yeah, it is. That topic still be topicking. <laughs> Correct. You can cut that I out. I love you, despite that joke. Yeah. You can cut that Keep one out. Keep it I'm not going to. Oh, I am not. <laughs> Oh. Well, Kevin, do you got a spoop for us? Oh, yes. Do I have a spoop for you? Listeners, I got a text that, number one, this is going to be fun. So yes. I'm very excited. Yes, it is. I preemptively said we we are going to the fun zone today for the spoop. Yay. I'm confident that at least Miss has heard of our spoop today. Ooh, okay. All right. Challenge accepted. Big library. We're going to see if you've heard of this uh, spoop before, Joe. So take comfort knowing that we are squarely in the fun zone. Okay. I am also adding to my list of fearsome critters that I've been featuring on this pod. In the past, I've covered the hide behind, Mm -hmm. the side hill gouger, both Mm -hmm. the hugag and the hodag and the cactus cat. Cactus cat. I love cactus, cactus cat. Kitty. Today, dear listeners, dear miss, dear big library, I happily present to you the squonk. The squonk. The, the squonk. squonk. Have you not heard it, miss? Kevin, I have never heard the of a squonk. squonk? <laughs> oh. No, I've never oh heard gosh. of a squonk. I love saying it, though. I remember so. hearing uh, years ago on a podcast that, I, that you used to listen to, they had sure. featured the squonk. Okay. Heavily, well, here's so. the thing. I'm saying that I, I've never heard of it, but I might have, and I might remember it later. That's Fair. what we're going to go with. We're going to go to that. That is what we're going to be talking about, the squonk. It just, the name rolls so beautifully it off does. your tongue. It fe- it's got a good mouth feel. Oh, excellent mouthfeel. Exquisite mouthfeel. And and I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you have good mouthfeel for it. Yes, the squonk (laughs) is a fearsome critter that all millennials and Gen Xers should claim as their own. It is the fearsome critter of our generations. Our generations. Okay. For the squonk is a beautiful beast described as having misfitting droopy skin, which is Same. covered with warts and moles. Same. Loose, warty, moly skin. Yep. I mean, to be fair, minus the moles and the warts, like we're on the same page. Squonk. Already. <laughs> its body shape is what I would describe as if a pug cartoonishly ran headfirst into a wall. And flattened. And like, flattened more. Like, so it has a flat face. Sometimes. And a flat like body. A clock, like a clock yeah. face. <laughs> like that level of flat. Oh. <laughs> the original illustration from the 1910 book entitled Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods does have more of a less flat face. It has a little bit of a mouth uh, oh. that juts mm-hmm. out like a nose. It also reminds me of the this kind of meme video I saw a couple years ago where there was like a German shepherd born without like a torso. Oh, you ever seen it? I remember that, yeah. And he was uh-huh. just like his legs were like right 
right behind yes. his head. Yeah. Yeah. Big library looks horrified. <laughs> that can happen. I don't think it happens often, but it happened. Because that's flat man, a short man. <laughs> he was a he was a stalwart German <laughs> shepherd. <laughs> but that is what it reminds me of. Big library. Don't worry about it. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay. So listen, listeners. I looked him up, and I don't know how to describe him. Well, you should try because I am not going to look it up. And now, now I want to. Miss, are you looking up a squonk or the German Shepherd? Squonk. Okay, got it. Yeah, the squonk to me looks like it's a it, it's it's a sh- the best interpretation I've seen of it. It looks like a naked mole rat sort of look, but like squished that, yes. more. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I would agree with that. Like a like a pig pug mole rat without any hair. I love it. That's wow. perfectness. I think that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Wow. We, Apparently so it's we from know. PA. Yes, it is. <laughs> William T. Cox, who was an outdoorsman and a writer who wrote the satirical 1910 book, Fearsome Critters of the Lumberwoods, first wrote about the squonk. They <laughs> are very fascinating creatures. That's a fun book to write. I'm just going to say. Oh, it, it was so a good. And I've gotten so animals. many stories from it. Yeah. yeah. So they travel often in the dark at night for they simply can't risk catching a glimpse of themselves in any kind of reflective surface because really? they are just so sad about their appearance. <gasps> they are sad Aww. creatures in general. They, they have, cry. They have body image issues. They constantly cry to the point where you can track a squonk by the trail of tears leaving in its oh, path. Oh, honey, oh. I got two to three pills that'll help with that. That's why I'm saying it's millennial yeah. and Gen Xers. Like, yes, no, we get that it. We gotta claim. You're right. You're so right, Kev. We'll take care uh-huh. of you, Squonk. We got it. So it's very sad. It's very <laughs> teary eyed. It's always oh, crying. I'm so sad now. <laughs> yeah. I am so excited to share my favorite part of the Squonk's lore next. Uh, okay. It is when a a squonk is concerned or it feels threatened if it's cornered or even okay. just caught off guard by surprise. It will okay. fully just fall apart, dissolving itself into tears. It's just. <laughs> wow. It's just, I am tears. <laughs> just liquidates. <laughs> like fully, like no longer exists. No more squonk. No. Just. <laughs> It's just like, it's they, like does an, it make a popping like, sound? I don't know, actually. <laughs> like a good. Um, it reminds me of like a, a squid, like they ink when they feel threatened. Yeah, but yeah. like instead of ink, they they turn to tears and die. They die. Yeah, yeah. they just die. It's a little more this intense. Is a millennial mascot, but uh-huh. far away. I, I am surprised that we don't see more like squonk flags flying around or like squonk or enamel memes. pins on yes. like a barista's yeah. apron. I want an like enamel that. pin to put on the lapel of my denim jacket where all of my other enamel pins live. Because nice. I am a millennial. I want a bumper sticker <laughs> that says honks hey. for squonks. A big library, did I presume correct that you had not heard of a squonk before? Yeah, I've never heard of this before. Oh, I am so glad. I mean, beyond how they look and how sad they are, you can keep them as pets if you really want to. There was a website that I found called Caring for Your Squonk. Oh, I found a I found a crochet pattern for a squonk. Oh, oh see. Yay. So Is squonks, it- you can care for them. They are fussy <laughs> animals. You have to make sure you have a towel handy because of all the crying or wet sure. back, really. Them, like, you know. And you have oh to Oh my god, it even has tears. Oh, the crochet. Yeah. So anyway. they're constantly sad and depressed, and you have to train them to be happy. <gasps> I told you I got three to four pills for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they don't I'll enjoy just... eating, so you have to help them I out. I can't relate. Nope. <laughs> You start out by feeding them. Once you get them out of your box, if you get one shipped to you, you can start raising it, but you have to give it a spoonful of maple syrup. Okay. I twice a day. It's so okay. Because it's crying. It's like a, it's like it needs its treats. 
uh-huh. needs a little sweet And treat. then you should let it sit out in the sun for about an hour a day, too. Get some vitamin D. Yeah. More vitamin D. That helps with depression. With the seasonal, yeah. Yeah. Seasonal effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? Kevin, you guys can get one and you can take them up on the roof. We have a roof deck. And get that sun and get that sun yeah. in there. I will. And um, it also recommends playing classical music to them too as well to heighten their moods. And I'm going to have to just do that. Of course. Yeah, I mean. That's what the internet says. Yeah. What are you going to do? Ignore the internet? (laughs) I just, like, what I love about this is that all of these stories from that book are like theoretically lumber camp stories, right? Like yes. things yeah. that lumberjacks were like telling each other sort of weird tall tale stuff. And someone evidently was like, let me tell you about a sad animal. <laughs> uh, just a, He was feeling blue that day. Yeah. And he projected. Yep. Hector, he, he Hector turned his projector. pain into art. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I would love to have a squonk as a pet. Where could we get? Where would we go to even find one? Well, I'm sure just somewhere in Pennsylvania, where they're well, they're kind of I am originate here. from. Yeah. All right, I'm just gonna go find the woods. <laughs> just look for the trees. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You know? I I mean I see trees. Just go outside. Look for a wood. Three minutes in any direction, and I'm in the middle of nowhere, so I could find some woods. Yeah, and find some squonks <laughs> and send a few over here. But make sure there's that they never do themselves. There's a lot of stray cats. Maybe there's some, maybe there's some stray cats who hey, are disguised as think squonks. think about that way. Yeah. They're trapped and released. They're healthy. So I had to say, as I was researching and writing the story and, and reading the word squonk in my head, <laughs> the entire time I could only say and hear it in my head by screaming it like how Aunt Gail says squat, where she's doing a poem about how Mm -hmm. someone squats to pee. Squat! Squat! (laughs) So I've just been having a squonk Squonk! yelling in my head. Squonk! Oh, my God. I am now looking at pictures of the squonk. Right? It is so pathetic. Very sad animal. Yeah, it's just so sad all the time. It's so <laughs> sad. It's so sad. They, they, I think they wallow perhaps in mud. I wonder if it's hypoallergenic. I wonder. Just like... So bizarre. It's so weird. Now I'm going to have to look up cross-stitch patterns. I, I, I'm very squonk much excited. Stitch. I'm sure there has to be some cross-stitch patterns. I'm actually obsessed now with this squonk, and he's so See, ugly. it speaks he's to me cute. on a level. Mm-hmm. Because, listen, we've all got mental issues. Who okay? doesn't just break yeah. down into tears and into dissolve tears. And dis- at the slightest sli- uh, spook? At the slightest just inconvenience. <laughs> just does does. Pop. Do I break down? <laughs> it's like those goats that, that cannot help that they just tense up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fainting goats. If we were to get a squonk from the wild, we'd have to make sure it's trained enough for the dog and cat to, to not it's true. make it sad and depressed all the time. We need to make sure or it's the other way around. Happy. I just feel like they'd be a downer. <laughs> <laughs> the dog and the like cat would just sudden... start getting like real sad and mopey. Yeah, one of these weekends, we'll go squonk hunting. Please come visit me and then we'll go yep. squonk hunting. Yep. Squonk. That is the squonks, squonk. folks. I, I, I'm. It's a short and sweet spoop mm-hmm. because what more can you say about an animal that just Prize cries? Pathetic. And then pops into just tears when you startle it. We could also look for the Alba Twitch and Bigfoot. That is... Because they're all from this area. Ooh. Well, I don't know about the squonk, but we've got sightings everywhere. Have you ever seen... No, you you, you would tell us, obviously, if you I were mean, to have seen one. A podcast would be the first place I would go. Yeah. If I'd seen a, anything. A, a I have not seen a anything. A scloozy is a scloozy. I have not seen anything. Because okay. it, unless these... I'm convinced that the cats that hang around my house are witches which i love i love that about them i love this journey um, for you so they're protecting the house and the cats and i 
So that's how I like to picture it. But beyond witch cats, uh-huh. I've got nothing. And I call them all witch cats because they're all black. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know why they're all black cats, but they are. Well, I'm pr- I, I'm I'm very proud of you, and mm-hmm. I hope your witch cats continue to watch over your your house. Yeah, yeah. I'm proud of me because I don't have seven cats inside yeah. my yeah. very small apartment. I know quite a few of my coworkers who do have. <laughs> oh my god! It would be if I had any more space, it would be a huge problem. I, I love my coworkers. I love working in a library. Let me tell you something <laughs> about librarians. It, it is in fact possible to like cats too much. Oh yes, it is. I know. I know people who like cats too much, <laughs> and I'm a yeah. cat person. <laughs> I, I definitely have coworkers who have a ever growing number of cats. <laughs> I don't want to just come in from the street. I've got two cats in 400 square feet, and then I feed like three outside boys who come around. Uh, so that's the extent of my cat lady behavior. Well, Miss, as the audience, how did you enjoy these stories this, this episode? I had a lovely time. Both <sighs> of you, couple of the year, loved it. Um, big library, your story. I love it. I'm going to go research it more. I am very into it. I had no idea any of that was related to LGBTQ. Yeah. I think it's all wonderful. And I love that people fought back just like in Kevin, when you had the story during pride month, the cafeteria episode, that's what it, that's what it reminded me of a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I loved that. And then obviously I'm in love with the squonk. I'm a squonk. We should yeah, the squonk. get a squonk tattoo. That's Ooh. I'm, I'm going to get a squonk tattoo, babe. Squonk okay. tattoo. On your face. <laughs> right on your neck. Yeah. <laughs> this, that was excellent. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Yes. If somebody out there that's listening wants to share their lesbian gunfire story or where they can Fear me. get their squonks, where can they do that? If you are interested, if you have any of your own squonk stories, please let us know. You can hit us up on Instagram at creepyinquiriespod, or you can send us an email at creepyinquiriespod at gmail.com. If you're interested in our sources, head over to our website at creepyinquiriespod.com. Then if you've got a minute on Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening, please leave us a cute little rate and review. It really helps mm-hmm. us out. And regardless, we really appreciate it. Five stars or I will show up at your home and literally cry myself into a puddle in front of you. Yep. And then you'll have to clean it up. And you don't so, want that. Just no. the five stars, please. Yeah. So there won't be an episode on the 25th, but we'll be back with you on November 1st. Oh, fresh for our Fresh for month. November. So until then, happy Halloween, listeners. Enjoy this 96th episode, which is the RIP this year. Harry Belafonte was 96 when yeah, he died a couple months ago. All right. And until next time. Yeah.